So welcome back, folks, to the podcast. Uh, it's been a busy, busy few days in the Derry City front. Started so well on Friday night with a big one over Pats at the Brandywell, and then it didn't end too well last night. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, Derry beat the Shamrock Rovers two 0 at the Brandywell, and uh, it, it wasn't wasn't a great watch, was it, Kia, for Derry City fans? No, it wasn't. No, there's no denying it. Uh, from a Derry City point of view, sometimes you just have to hold your hand up and. But a credit the Rovers. Rovers were superb. Uh, I know Derry possibly let them be superb, but like I, sometimes they hold your hands up. That first goal, a Richie Towles was just someone else passing the team goal. Jack Byrne at the heart of everything. And uh, listen, it just if anybody had any sort of notion that Derry were getting closer to Shamrock Rovers, it's a case of these are a wee bit behind, to say the least. Now they're no denying it. Rovers were excellent. Well, that's it. Speaking of Rory Higgins afterwards, he was kind of at a loss. The way they came out, we, we, they were lacking intensity, uh, no purpose sort of in their tax. They had a couple of chances with, with Mickey Duffy early on and Keane Kavanagh had a decent chance at, at, in the second half that obviously Ben Doherty's penalty missed. But other than that, there was very little that they offered in the final third. And I think it was very much down to the way Rovers played. Rather than 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 Derry, who who were poor on the night, they were. Uh, but you're right. Like you sort of sometimes you don't want the you sort of go opposite result here. Why was this? What look on everything? Just sometimes you have to hold your hands up and go look. They were the better team. But yes, Derry intensity. Uh, nobody's seen it coming. Uh, I think Rory says that himself. That the way they had played on Friday night against some Pats, they were at it. Ben Doherty, uh, Michael Duffy, absolutely. Tore some pats apart, and it just wasn't there last night. There was no, no intensity, no anything. And if you let a team like Shamrock Rovers play the way they did, then you're going to end up with the result that you got. Aye, very disappointing night. Um, first half. We never really laid a glove on them, to be honest, and and, and it's not like us. It's not wasn't our intentions. The one thing we've always done against Shamrock Rovers is went toe to with them and had a right crack, and we were too passive, too standoffish, um, and I didn't see it coming, to be honest. Given the intensity we played with the other night, we wanted it replicated, and and, and we just we just didn't get going at all, um, and the damage was done in the first forty five minutes. Um, Aye, it's just an extremely disappointing night. Uh, first half unacceptable, um, and we won't accept it. And we just have to go now on Friday and and, and use the the herd of this tonight and, and put it in their performance on Friday. You said that you didn't expect the way he's performed, uh, especially the first half. Right? I didn't see it. Down, down there much for the way Rovers started the game, I suppose. Or, or, or I didn't. Aye, but. We know how they play. We know what's worked for us before, um, and, and we just didn't produce that in the first half, and and uh, and got done. It's not the end of the world. It's the first time in two years we've been beaten by more than a goal in the league. Don't want that to ever happen again. And and um, we have to we have to learn from that. We have to man up. We have to take it on the chin. Um, it wasn't an acceptable performance, uh, and there's only one way to. To deal with that is bounce back quickly and, and, and put in a 
put on a a real committed uh, performance and that's the least that you can ask for. You mentioned Jack Byrne, like he was he was afforded space. He was uh, even when he wasn't, and they were getting tight to him. He was he was fantastic, and those be tight spaces just again dictating the the play, uh, you know, creating space for others as well too. But he was he was on top of his game, and and Stephen Bradley said afterwards about him, you know, being back to his best. Like uh, that apparently offered a new deal to Rovers after his MLS move fell through. So so that's ominous for everybody else if he's starting to kick on the year, isn't it? It is, and to be fair, it's probably ominous too for Stephen Bradley because no disrespect, Jack Burns not going to be staying with Rovers at the end of the season, no matter what they've offered him, because uh, he, he can go higher. And you're right, that MLS move would have been very much a, an attractive move for him. It didn't happen. He was asked that and asked a game on Friday night, and he absolutely just didn't answer the question at all. He just went, I'm just going to focus my own game, and I know if I can play well. It was like, I think if I asked you, did the move to America? And he just didn't answer. It was great. But no, look, he was sometimes, as I say, you have to hold the hand up. And he was superb. He was a joy to watch. Yeah. Uh, as I say, from a Derry City point of view, he was a nightmare to watch at times. But you, you could see it where we were sitting too, Simon. The first goal, the Derry fans in front of us just applauded. Oh, that, that, that was nice from, to see that too because uh, that, like, I think it was just a a, a fantastic goal. Definitely a goal a season contender, but it was just uh, just on that goal, like because it was played out from Al Manis, uh, and it played out to the right, made its way on the Jack Byrne who who switched the play beautifully on the Trevor Clark, lovely header, and then the, the funniest way Richie Toyo was outstanding. But uh, and, and Stephen Bradley was saying afterwards, it was very much their their. their Game plan too with the dairy press. They were expecting dairy to press high, uh, and they were able to exploit that. He he felt that they exploited the high press in that instance there, but t- it still needs to be all executed by everybody the way it was. It was just it was outstanding. First half we played some really good football. We scored. Obviously, uh, two and could have had more. Um, and second half, we managed the game really well. Other than the penalty, I, I can't remember Derry having anything else really. Um, I thought second half we managed the game and showed our experience. The first five minutes, you could see we were trying to work out how they were pressing and, and what they were doing and where the space were, but we worked there very quickly. And uh, and the players obviously exploited. I think the first goal, Richie's goal, comes from Allen and they don't touch the ball. I think it was that showed that the players had worked it out. And, and, uh, I think that goal probably summed up our first half. Uh, we competed really well and then controlled the game from there. Can you just talk about that first goal? Because you probably not see a better team goal than that all season. That was outstanding. And Jack Byrne at the thick of it, he was fantastic tonight as well. Yeah, I thought Jack uh, played at the level he's been playing all year. I thought he was best player on the pitch, you know, I thought he was outstanding. Um, but the first goal for me, and I'm a little bit biased, I think it was goal of the season already, you know, I think. We've come from Allen, no one's touched it, and and, uh, and obviously Richie's finished it, but everything about it was good time and space and movement. It was uh, it was really, really good, and don't forget you're against a good dairy side on a tough pitch, so uh, yeah, I thought the first goal was, was really high level. But just again on Jack, because I thought like even tight spaces, you know, he controlled, got the, the whole play ticking, you know, he's, he's, he's so crucial to use, isn't he? Yeah, I think you see this year, Jack, that we've we seen um, two years back before he left the Cyprus, I think we're seeing him back at them levels. I think he's uh, last year he had his injuries problems in pre-season, but he's back and, and I was just trying to manage him. Whereas this year he's been free, 
he's, uh, and you can see he's working extremely hard but when he's in that zone and he has the ball it's just it's a joy to watch you know he's like a kid in the playground just running around with the ball he's uh, I thought he was fantastic tonight for us on the sideline me as a manager there's nothing better than seeing a player play with that freedom and enjoyment and when he's like that we're a different team you know Rory was just saying there he, he doesn't expect the, the performance from his team obviously and, and the way you had controlled the game in the first half especially yeah. you know, did, did you come up here obviously smarting from the, the game of Tala I'm sure and the President's yeah. Cup did, did you have a, 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 a statement sort of performance you were looking yeah, for yeah we felt that the game of Tala yeah. we were by far the better team we lost the game and uh so you don't get that recognition, but we felt if we if we mirrored that performance, uh, we could go very close to winning the game here tonight, and and we did that. I thought we were very very good, and and uh, we knew they come and press us like they did because Sligo did it, and and they did it, and we got respect that and find a way through it, and we did that very early, and, and like you said, control the field and, and control the game. Just finally, uh, Stephen, obviously very very early in the season, but two points ahead now uh, of Derry, uh, four four points behind Bowes, you know, it's, it's yeah. taken along nicely in, in, in terms of a title race, what, how do you see things going? Yeah, look, there's a long way to go, I think, uh, like I said a few weeks ago, looking at league tables right now is, is silly, like, you know, and, and that's in, that, that uh, will always be the case for us until it gets later in the season, uh, we've been here before, uh, we know what it takes and it's about three points, we move on and we focus on, on Friday now, which is Bohemians. I think we we Rovers, we were sort of chatting after the game in, in the bar and we were sort of saying, look, Shamrock Rovers just absolutely got Derry, won the ball high up the pitch and then just started again. And every time Derry tried to win the ball, they played a wee triangle and then got out and switched the play. And most of the time, two or three times, three or four Derry players were just caught out of it by the, the switch of play with them. So... If you're Stephen Bradley, it was the ideal away performance, statement type performance, where he won the ball high up the pitch, and then he absolutely exploded Derry. Then when you get up behind him, and you know while he didn't get stacks of chances, that's not the way Rovers play. They'll get two or three chances, and Where then Batty way possession, you can't get the ball off him. They just controlled the second half. I think I know what you were like, but I think Andrews were sort of written. 16 minutes on type of thing you just you weren't going to get back on oh, they never look likely like you know but it's it's see when, when they're in that kind of form and I'm sure they were smarting from that the, the defeat in Tala we were down in Tala that day and, and they got away with one uh, uh, three points like they were very fortunate like because the Rovers were phenomenal that night as well but um, it just it just sort of they came up with a real intention. They they make a statement, and and that's exactly what they did. You know, um, obviously moving two points clear there. You know, it's they're going to be hard. They they sort of tail back. Um, the, 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 this title could be it could be decided in the head to heads. You know, that's that's one apiece in the league now. But um, definitely these games are are, are going to be highly significant at the end of the season. You would think, wouldn't you? Well, I think. I think you're being very unfair and bows here who are going to say a happy Christmas. We're sitting top of the league. You do what you like. <laughs> uh, we're, we're well clear there. Eh? But no, I actually don't think it'll go down to the head to head, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be how you do against the other teams, the likes of Derry at home, drop points against Johanna lost, drop points against Bowes lost, dropped against Dundalk at home, Slego at home. You have to win them games. Like prime examples, Friday night, Slego. Partly played very well against Rovers at Tala and probably deserves something. 
but got nothing. That's the difference. Rovers got the one and moved it on. And that's the thing. I, I think Derry have to not worry about playing Rovers. It's right now, you bounce back, draw it away. Can you bounce back? It's always a difficult venue. Everybody knows that. But look, you have to, if you want to be challenging for titles, you have to be one of these type of matches. You look at the, the squad too. Uh, the Sammer Grover's bench was ridiculous last night. Uh, like yeah. Probably one of the strongest I've seen. Um, you know, you've got Aaron Green coming on, you've Faruja, you've got Graham Burke, you don't even get on. Uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous the, the talent that they have. And they, they, uh, obviously, you've, you've Fats and a Dummigan and all they come back. Fats and Dummigan probably could have d- done a, a job and, and keeping Jack Byrne quiet as well, too. Dummigan, especially, like you know, you never know, but that's all off but some maybes. But, um, when you compare the two, the two squads. There's still a, a way to go for Derry, you think? Well, you're also forgetting about Ray Gaffney, who was a big yeah, player yeah. for them last year, scoring yeah. a lot of goals. And he's another boy, Hammond Burke. Hammond Burke just came up to Derry for the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't win the Jazz if, Festival. Like yourself. Uh, well, that's exactly what that I is. think that's a good time they 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 bring our guest up. Well, this is that we have, uh, as you just say, we have a, a guest who, to be honest, he is never coming up again because he does say, <laughs> I just want to go up and watch a match. You sound like I've got what to match. Radio foil grabbing, and now we've grabbed the podcast. So we have the Suns correspondent, Mark McIntosh. Uh, man on demand. You've seen, <laughs> <laughs> you've seen a number of games this year uh, on League of Ireland TV. You've watched there a few times you were down at the cup final. You've obviously seen the Irish League, you've seen both standards. But Shamrock Rovers the best team in Ireland. On that performance against Derry, Rovers would wipe the floor with anybody in the Irish League. You know, I've been so impressed with Lauren, how they knock the ball about, how they can go root one when they need to. But Rovers are light years ahead of them. And, you know, watching Derry, you know, I, I was expecting so much more from Derry. thought the performance <laughs> the other night, um, there was a lot to be positive about. But after about 10 minutes, I just couldn't see what Derry were trying to do. They, they allowed Rovers so much space. And then even when Derry got the ball, there were hardly any options. Like, there was one option. Most of the time, someone got on the ball in the middle of the park. Whereas you looked at Rovers, there was at least three options every time. And when you stand off Jack Byrne the way they were doing, well, you can hardly be surprised when he just runs the show. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. It's, it's interesting. He said, he, obviously, you've a great insight in the Irish League. We're you know, following that closely. But uh, in, in terms of the, 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 the different standards, Rovers apart, you know, would you be in a position to be able to sort of compare the two two leagues in, in general? Obviously, there's uh, you know there's a vast difference between Shamrock Rovers and maybe Derry Bulls and the rest. You know, but there, there is at times, but uh, probably more competitive the League of Ireland than, than the Irish League. Would you say that, or how would you compare the two? I mean, possibly, but I think if you look at the two leagues, you have a standout team, then you've got a few teams who can kind of battle it out for second is what it looks like. And that's the same in both leagues. And then down at the bottom, you've got the ones who will never challenge and will only be fighting relegation every single year. So I, I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, you know, I, I get wound up quite a lot because people constantly tell me that the League of Ireland is so much better and the standard is so much better than the Irish League. I'm sorry. I've watched a lot of games on LOI TV and I've been to a few games. On what I've seen, that's not the case. You know, Rovers and Irish League are, getting getting better in terms of that full time ethos now. It, it is with, with, without a doubt. You know, and it's not even necessarily just 
what they do on the pitch. It's the recovery time has made things so much better. You know, Lauren have taken it to another level in the Irish League. You know, a lot of the teams like Linfield are full-time, but, you know, I don't want to say they're full-time only in name, but it's not the full-time the way it should be. Lauren do things right. And it's no coincidence the levels they're playing at now. But I, I honestly, I don't think there's a massive difference. Like if I look at Linfield and I look at the likes of Derry City, I, I don't think there's much difference there. You know, and I, that's why I would love to see, you know, like an All-Ireland Cup or something. But to me, I, I think you would see then that the Irish League teams aren't as bad as maybe some League of Ireland fans think. But you could probably only do that if we ever went to, a, you know, a summer calendar. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Boom. Well, that's uh, there was very, very much talked about, wasn't it? The All Ireland League in different kind of formats, and you know, twelve teams from League Ireland, ten or something from the Irish League or something. They were they were talking about it, and then a split. Uh, it was very very uh, convoluted, if you ask me. But um, I think I think that there, there's there still is that sort of feeling. Even I think even more so now because of the standard has risen in the Irish League. They they have like a Satanta Cup. Like sort of competition again, you know. It's it's it, there's definitely an appetite for that, isn't there, more? Yeah, I, I would say so. You know, there's a lot of Irish league fans would love to see it. And I think again, it's probably just to prove the point that you know we're not as bad as you think we are. And um, to me, the main difference that I've seen though, most of the teams in the League of Ireland, it just looks like a team of athletes before you even see them play football. In the Irish league, it's not necessarily like that. And Kevin, you you've watched a lot of Irish league too. I... You know, it, there's. It's no coincidence again, Leroy Miller signed for Lorne last summer and Leroy is an absolute beast and he's gone to another level again. You know, he's probably in the gym more than you, Simon, and that's obviously <laughs> 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 um, And if you had, you know, but there's, <laughs> there seems to be about six or seven Leroy Millers in a lot of League of Ireland teams yeah. and that's probably why some people think the standard is different. But see, in terms of quality, I don't think there's a massive difference and I think a cup competition would show you that. I think more importantly, Mark, how was your visit up the, the Maiden City here, like in your night out in the ties? Because uh, I know Kevin McLaughlin there looks about ropey beside you. I don't know <laughs> what you've done to him, but uh, it must have been a lit one. It was it was kind of late, but you know I didn't realise that art galleries and museums were open so late in Derry. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Dermot <laughs> yeah, Dermot was was in good enough form. It was a, probably in Sky News breaking news would have been up. He actually bought a round of drink. It's not normally like him, but no, I think Simon. I, I know what you're saying. If you could get the the sort of all Ireland sort of cup competition going again and stuff like that, would be. Would be great for everybody, and I know what Mark's saying about the summer football and changing it around. They have been talk a lot of talk about that up in Irish league circles about possibly switching. You don't think so, Mark? Why do you not think you know there's so many benefits that people are saying about Europe switching and help the Irish league team, which has done the league about Why do you think it'll not happen? The main reason it won't happen is because it makes sense for it to happen, <sighs> and when it comes to the Irish leaguers, most of the time, if anything makes sense, it can't be done. And um, look, a couple of years ago, I don't think the appetite was there for summer football. But then the likes of Pat Fenlon coming in at Linfield as general manager, I think Pat brought a very different insight. And when Linfield started talking about changing the calendar, that was a massive shift because, you know, we can talk about Lauren being champions and how great they are at the moment. See, if Linfield don't agree to summer football, it just won't happen. You know, there'll be a lot of teams will just do whatever Linfield do, and they might deny that, but that's exactly what would happen. The fact that Pat Fenlon's gone now, I don't think Linfield 
publicly certainly wouldn't be as keen. But you know, Michael O'Neill is going to be one that he's going to push this. You know, when he was non our manager the last time, he pushed it. You know, so much so that he had several meetings with all the clubs at Windsor Park to try and convince them that this is the only way forward. Because unless Irish league clubs can start improving in Europe, then it's hard to see how the league vastly improves. And the only way you can do that probably is to play summer football, so you're better prepared. Um, so I, I think the teams at the top, I think quite a few of them were quite fancy a calendar shift. I, I just, I think there's too many dinosaurs involved. And, you know, in the Irish League, it's kind of, you know, if it's not three o'clock on a Saturday, then it's wrong. Um, and, you know, you've seen yourself, you know, the League Cup final, the last couple of years being played on a Sunday, the crowds were massive. Um, you know, so there is, I would say, at, at the Northern Ireland Football League, those guys want to change things. They want to improve the league. But then when you get the RCFA involved, you've always got a problem. Uh, no, I know you're just talking there about Michael O'Neill. I always remember when Michael came back on the first time, he met all the managers and he just basically says, look, I left here 20, 30 years ago. We crossed the water and we trained Tuesday, Thursday night at Corian. That hasn't changed, but like, that's that's just crazy. So thankfully now that obviously has changed a lot, but there's still that mentality of just keep everything the same and hope it'll, hope it'll improve. It won't. No, it won't. I, I think, listen, I don't really know the inside track in the League of Ireland in terms of wages and everything, but one of the biggest problems in the Irish League, we have a part-time league paying full-time wages, uh, and that brings a lot of problems. Um, and I think it, the model of the League of Ireland certainly looks a lot better. And the one thing I'll say, I know the FAI have had issues down the years, but I never really hear the same sort of controversies coming from the League of Ireland. It seems to be every single week we're waiting for the latest scandal or fiasco um, and that drags the Irish League down and the good thing is at least attendances are going up massively you know in the last few years um, and I'd certainly be at the Brandywell the other night there you know I, I couldn't believe the crowd you know it looked class what I would say it didn't sound particularly great um, and look it's up to the players obviously to, to give the fans something to cheer and something to shout about but I think it has to work both ways, doesn't it? You know, you know, go back them, you know, support them, and you might give them that extra bit. And to be fair, I think in the Irish League that happens quite a lot. Because um, that's one of the things we're really looking forward to seeing, just what the atmosphere was like. Because we're even watching the, the Pats game on the TV, and I couldn't believe the crowd in that. And, you know, when a, when a stadium looks full, it changes the whole dynamic of the game for me. And that's the only problem in the Irish League. Now, you know, you get some clubs like Clevenville, they're selling out games on a on a weekly basis, and it's brilliant. But a lot of times you go to grounds, and it, it's awful. You know, there's less than a thousand people there. You know, it's awful. You know, even Lauren as champions, there was one game last last season or this season actually. They brought less than a hundred people to Morneview Park. I that's the champions. Uh, that that that's crazy and also worrying because you know. Probably in the League of Ireland, Simon, the only team where you don't really get that big a crowd is UCD. Everybody else, even your Drogheda's are selling out against Dundalk, Shelburne, Bowes, you know, they're a big club, but the only team where you would see hardly any fan would be uh, UCD. Yeah, all, all the tendencies are, are up, you know, and, and, and rising as well, too. The, the whole match they experience, I'd be interested to hear what you thought about that, too. Mark, obviously, you, you probably, you know, not being from there, you probably weren't allowed to take away last night. 
You know what I mean? Because the, <laughs> the Rovers fans certainly weren't. No, but, I get um, over to the Mark Forrest dance. It was all right. They had him in the door over. We also wouldn't get the hunt. We were on for the away fans last night. Well, we've been saying nothing about that because we were getting bored with, with DC there. But, uh, you know, for, for highlighting the fact that the, the Rovers fans can't get a burger. But, uh, in terms of the match day experience, because it, it has improved and from, from what we've seen it in a lot of the grounds. Now, some grounds are still in the dark ages, like, you know, when you go to particular grounds, we'll not name them, Kevin, unless you want to. But uh, <laughs> remember, you have to go back. From Kirk, did you say? <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's what, what did you think of the whole the not just the atmosphere because I think Rovers killed the atmosphere in terms of the the, the, yeah. the, the home crowd you know the, the, the whole match they experienced the entertainment value and stuff like that Mark, what did you think of that overall I think the thing that struck me was the amount of families and kids and all of that you know in the Irish League again I've seen a rise in that in the last sort of 18 months two years which is brilliant but, you know, being at the cup final, obviously it's a slightly different scenario when there was, what, 20,000 Derry fans and, again, that was all families. I, I wasn't sure how how that would change just with a normal league game. Now, obviously Rovers isn't a normal league game. I'll be very interested to see Derry at home to UCD to see if it's full of families and kids and all of that, you know. But, you know, Derry are clearly doing a lot of things the right way. Um, like... I think anyone who would go to the Brandywell who wasn't a Derry fan would be impressed by the setup. You know, I just my biggest problem with the atmosphere was that I mean it was non-existent for most of the game. You know, now to be fair, the guy who beats the drum, fair play to him. His hands must be aching because my ears certainly are, and I'm on the opposite <laughs> side of the stadium. Um, but other than that, I, I just didn't see you know, where the atmosphere was going to come from. And, okay, listen, if Derry go 1-0 up after five minutes, then it's an entirely different scenario. But when you're getting more people through the turnstiles, you would hope that that becomes a different sort of atmosphere, a louder atmosphere, boisterous. You know, you want it to be intimidating. And whilst it was lovely sitting, you know, I was sitting behind the away bench, and, you know, it, it was a nice atmosphere. There was a few people slobbering, which was always a bit of crack. But it certainly wasn't intimidating. And surely that Derry City should be making the Brandywell the most intimidating place to come to. And that just, I didn't see that at all. Well, Simon, that's where, you know, the uh, these fans groups are talking about, you know, we want to get an atmosphere back where we're feeling this is against us and all these type of things. These young lads are the boys that bring the atmosphere. But it's that double-edged sword. They're also unfortunate in the boys have brought shall we say, a few fines and whatever else to the club too, so it's trying to get that happy medium. Yeah, obviously the flair situation, like we've seen a flair from the Rovers fans going on the pitch last night and uh, potentially damage in that, that pitch of ours, like we would be devastated. I've been rubbing. I think Ruby Higgins was actually wondering could be like like a Polish game where there were 90 footballers <laughs> and throwing them all in the and burn the entire pitch. Uh, maybe leave out the bonfire night. the thing that winds me up and you guys will have seen it as much as me in the Irish League people constantly talk about pyro now Mm. pyro for people like myself with asthma it's not great you know you know like even all the smoke and everything it's not great you've seen loads of pitches certainly in the Irish League as well have been damaged I don't understand how people can say though without pyro there's no party you know no pyro no party doesn't make any sense that doesn't bring atmosphere 
yes, let's be honest, it looks great. It's a spectacle. Yeah, but what I will say, at Inver Park, what Lauren have done in recent times, they actually have red lighting at the front of the stand behind the goal at the church end. So when the lights have dipped or you're at a night game and they put the red lights on, it actually looks like there's red flares constantly throughout the game. Now, it's not the same spectacle, but it's a happy medium somewhere. And, you know, it actually it looks great. The atmosphere, it, it all adds to it. And maybe that's something Derry could look at, you know. But the problem is you're always going to have a certain amount of people saying, we want Pyro, that's what it's all about. That isn't atmosphere. It looks good, but that doesn't create atmosphere. There's so much more fans to be doing to create an atmosphere. Yeah, there are there are alternatives like uh, um, you know, definitely use them in different grounds around the world. Like you know, I'm I'm, I'm not sure the specifics, but I know there there has there are alternatives. The the pyros as you, as you mentioned, there, Mark. Like so, it's on maybe they could look on there. But you're right about the atmosphere. It has to be intimidating, especially when you're. Uh, one of your biggest rivals come up, you know, you you got to make it uncomfortable. It always it, it had been uncomfortable for teams coming up with this brand of a fortress sort of term that was thrown out. It was there was teams intimidated. Remember the, the old Sean Hargan story where where the you know with the those players getting off that bus like you know because of or, you know coming down to the new buildings because they don't want to go head to head with Sean Hargan and stuff like that. But you know it was intimidating at one time. It has to get back to that. Like whether that's the fans in or that was that a mixture of the players and the team playing well and, and just making it hard for teams. But it hasn't been the case. The brand of a home form has been very poor this year, like in terms of the goals scored and the results and you know, it's 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 definitely a problem that they need to rectify very quickly on the queue. Well, plus, you know, people are talking about the pitch, and yes, we know it's not the best, but it doesn't really harm Shamrock Rovers too much last night. No. That's Even Bradley Dodds mentioned it, like, saying about how poor it was, in fairness, but uh, you're right. But, like, you know what I mean? They, they proved that, look, you get the ball down, we can, we can knock it about like the best, and it doesn't matter where the pitch. Just, look, you, you can't... You just don't want them using excuses, and at the minute they are using the pitch as an excuse because they're not getting the result at home. And the pitch, as I know, as as a factor because it isn't that good. But Shamrock Rovers doesn't see much problem with it last night, yeah. so you have to get on with. Well, you you were mentioned there, but you were talking about the Irish league clubs and, and in Europe and that potential. You know that that, that getting far in Europe, the, the likes of Lauren now will go. Uh, potentially a, a, a good run on Europe because of the fallback from Champions League and the Europa League and then the conference and stuff like that. So there's a, a bigger incentive now. They, they do well in Europe in terms of the, the potential uh, prize money that you're going to get and obviously how you can grow your club in the back of that as well too. But it's something that the, the League Iron clubs too have, have are, are aspiring towards as well. They you know that run, that's the next step for Shamrock Rovers. They get to the group stages again and, and, and things like that. So, that that's is is that we were talking about um, moving this this summer football for the Irish league clubs. Is that not a big enough incentive too? If we just go back to that argument, like you know that the fact that the European money money talks as well, that should be a, a massive driver in terms of that. I, I to me that's the biggest factor. You know, you look at the, Lauren now. If they get through one round in Europe, they're guaranteed a Conference League playoff. You know, everyone talks about Linfield's run last year. Linfield barely won a game, but they still were a couple of seconds away from qualifying for the group stages of the conference. Mm. Like, you know, and the money that would have brought in, now people will argue all day long that Linfield don't need that money. Um, and that's probably fair enough. But for a club like Larne, again, Kenny Bruce came into Larne and, you know, it's probably something similar to what, you know, 
people maybe point the finger at Derry because Phil Bordardi poured loads of money in. Kenny Bruce put £5 million in Delorme, but the club is getting very close to being self-sustainable already. Now, that's where you get a successful club, not just somebody constantly throwing money away at it. Um, and for Lauren, if they were to if they were to get anywhere near that in Europe, you know, even if they got half a million pounds from Europe, the difference that makes is incredible. And you know, we've seen obviously Rovers before in years gone by. They had a brilliant European run. Um, and look, having watched Rovers the other night, yes, Derry weren't at it, but I think Rovers certainly are capable of that. You know, I think they could have a decent run in Europe. Um. Whereas I look at the Irish League clubs and I still think we're probably a wee bit off that. Um, but everything, I, I guess it's the way the club's set up as well. You know, Rovers seem to do things the right way. Tala certainly looks incredible. Um, and again, there's so much involved in what makes a, a team or a club successful. And we all maybe get bogged down on what happens on the pitch because that's what gets us angry or gets us overjoyed. But there's so much else goes on. And I think so many clubs constantly get it wrong um, and I don't know the reason for that like maybe like well uh, uh, look it's, it's off the field Shamrock Rovers in particular Bohemians is another club that's on the right they have a number of employees full time employees working behind the scenes at the club mm. from Derry City's point of view that's not the case Derry City have a number of volunteers uh, uh, in some cases one or two guys that are doing far too much stuff and do too much stuff and they just can't they can't do it one person can't be doing it that's the problem if you want to be Derry City want to be at anywhere near a Shamrock Rovers off the field even on it you need to have off the field a whole lot better than the structures that are there at the moment uh, there's too many volunteers at the club who are doing a fantastic job but you're not going to catch Shamrock Rovers not and you're not a chance at in hell. Are you going to get near them? Forget about on the pitch, off the pitch. They're so far behind them. It's frightening. Yeah, I suppose that, that Europe could be like a double-edged sword as well, too. In terms of we've seen clubs with Rovers that 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 should be their the, the, the where they're going and their and their ambitions this year is just going as far in Europe as they can. But uh, we've seen last year they sort of took eye off the ball in the league. Title race then before they and, and they sacrifice their their their, their European games. For, they they concentrate back on the league when the new Derry were coming hard and at them too. You, 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 can you envisage that happening this year? Allowing maybe Bows or Derry they they creep on if they were they take a ray off the ball or have they learned from that experience and and that they're strong enough they do they go on both fronts. Well, the big thing Simon does last year they went on the Europe with a ten or fifteen point gap. There's a fair chance this year they might be possibly behind Bohemians with Derry closer to them. So, look, you just wouldn't know. But you're right, they're going to be all guns blazing to do well in Europe. And that, to be honest, gives, in my opinion, Derry and Bose a chance. They possibly catch them. They catch them because if they just focus on one thing and it's the league, then I think the rest of the league can just say, right, well, sure, we'll start planning for next year now then. 100%. Well, I suppose that there is the, the first protocol is they, they go down to Dada and sort of bounce back from that, like and, and then go on a run if it's possible in this league. They go on a one and run because it's everybody's taking points off everybody. But 
I suppose we're looking ahead, they draw they they beat us at the brand they were a few weeks back. Like, you know, it's gonna be a, a, a more difficult one down there, like you know, always is. Another so I'm just looking here at the, the league table. The form guide the last five matches, Drahada's bottom it with two points. So that you know what I mean? If you if you if you're wanting to go on here, you're probably yeah. asking who do you want to play well in his Drahada. That's that's on, on current form, obviously he's both sitting top. But you're right, Derry's record at Drahada, uh that's just not good. Like uh and in fairness, it's not just Derry. I was saying to Mark yesterday before the start of the game, I fancy Drahada Shelburne to be a draw. It's just always difficult down at, at Drahada and at this stage, Derry will be happy. They they get the point up the road. It's just to get back on that run again. You mm. have to get on the run again. And they've done well in doing that. You know, after a defeat, they've always they've they, well, we had two back to back defeats. Ah, you're having a nightmare there. <laughs> but but normally they're good at re- having a reaction, like you know, and 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 turning them around nice and quickly. Like, but they have to, they really have to. We we reversed, you know, the butt between their teeth now, and and Bo's doing well ahead of going to Daily Mount as well too, which should be an our cracking match coming up the following week. Well, you've also like the fixtures this week too. You've got obviously Rovers are playing Bulls. Uh, at Tala. So, if Derry's point of view, does, does Rovers beat Bowes, close the gap of the draw? Either way, Derry have they won. Yeah. Cork are home to St. Pat's, who are now looking for a new manager. This morning, news broke of Tom Clancy resigning, mm-hmm. and you have Shelburne against UCD. They're all on Friday night, and then obviously, then Saturday night, you have Slego at home to Dundalk. But Clancy going, is it really? What's your surprise? Give me too many, too many defeats. Uh, too many defeats. You're writing for a club that should be challenging for Europe. And in all fairness, we, we probably all thought before the ball was kicked at the start of the season that they would have been, you know, and probably up there. Nobody, we, we knew Bowes would become strong on their deck on the line the first year, but I think Pat's probably was most people sort of shout for the, you know, the top three spots. Like, so. The, the inconsistency is incredible, but it just I think that's just a reflection on this league and, and, and the ups and downs and, and how crazy they could go on a, a four-game winning run and then a four-game losing streak and then back winning again. It's, it's, but they'd be sitting there for past they'd be sitting at that stage. It wasn't there's something badly wrong if if you're if you're going on a and and the defeats I watched the, the game before uh the dairy match last night because so it was on on the TV and, and Sligo there wasn't much on the two teams, but but you know they 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 didn't threaten them too much. They didn't get shots on target, and and they were punished by Max Mata again too. So I'm not not overly shocked that he's away. To be honest, it's a um, big it's a big club, a decent enough squad too. So whoever comes on there, uh you know there'll be a lot of names branded about. There'll be talk of even you could see a Richard Dunn possibly coming on. He's always one day. Get involved in the League of Ireland. He was obviously I'm for the believed to be on for the Bulls job. So I wouldn't be surprised if he could maybe see a name like that possibly coming on. Interesting. Well, I think we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll go to the predictions, will we? And, and nah, no, no pressure because we're going like, so well here. Like it's uh, we, what about well we got we got some pats up, but we had a nightmare. We we Rovers. We all went for draws for Rovers. I know that was never happening, but. Uh... You know, I feel a wee bit under pressure here. We work Macintosh and watching, you know, uh, <laughs> scrutinizing our uh, productions, you know. But uh, I'll let you go first, Kevin, because uh, 
I'm expecting a, a, a dairy one from you, you know. I I'm expecting a Maria backlash too. Uh, I'd expect the players to be hurting with the result and the performance. Uh, we also at the time of recording here, we don't know about Collie Whelan, but Collie left last night with a bandage around the knee and Ibris, so hopefully it's not as bad as first fear, but we'll have to wait and see. So, no, look, I still think there about be a bit of a, a reaction, so I'm going for a 2-0 Derry victory. Well, it's, it's, always, it's always tight down there, isn't it? Like, but, um, I, as you mentioned, Collie Whelan, he was clutching his knee, like, so it was uh, at the end of the game, which is not a good sight, but uh, we'll, we'll hear more about that. And uh, the, the pre-match press conference this week. Uh, just keep an eye on the, the journal website uh, for for updates on that. Um, but no, in terms of a, a result in Drogheda, I think Derry Derry won. Um, I'm gonna go. I would take one 0 so I'm gonna go one 0 Butler, you don't think they're a backlash? You're gonna come out fair <laughs> cylinders now. One 0 one 0 Back up the road. That's exactly what we need. Right, well, folks, that's us for uh, this week's podcast. And I uh, hope you can join us again next week. Thanks to Mark McIntosh for joining us as well. Uh, see you next week, folks. We'd like to thank the children of Greenhall Primary School for the podcast jingle. And any city fans out there with anything they want to ask us, they can email us simon.collins at dairyjournal.com or myself, kevin.mcgohan at dairyjournal.com. Also keep an eye on social media on Twitter at dairyjournal and on Instagram at dairyjournal underscore. Make sure you like, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a beat as we follow the fortunes of Dairy City Football Club.